Happy Friday, everybody. It's uh, Friday, April 29th, 2022. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. Um, if you're new to this podcast, I do a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Uh, if you've been around this pod, which I'm going to get to in just a moment, if you've been around this podcast for a hot minute, you know I'm about ready to do the housekeeping and then get into the news stories of the week. I got a lot of news stories this this week to cover. I don't know, it was like a heavy news week for some reason. And it seems like all kinds of shit just broke loose in the same week. So stick with me if I if I tend to ramble a bit. But first, for the people who are finding me for the very first time, as I do every week, I want to remind you guys that this is an amateur podcast. There, There is no professional studio or, or, or mixing board. There's there's nobody who knows what the fuck they're doing behind the scenes. It's me talking into a hundred dollar mic I bought on on Amazon and, and and then uploading it to a free site. That that's that's what it is here. So you're gonna hear some background noise. You're gonna hear my dogs bark, you're gonna hear my fan in the window, you're gonna hear this, you're gonna hear that, you're gonna hear whatever. Just roll with it. It's not meant to be a finished polished product it's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting the shit additionally if you're finding me for the very first time chances are you don't know about my website so if you have a moment swing by oldhippymedia.com that's old hippie h-i-p-p-i-e media.com there you're going to find links on where you can follow me on the various social media sites you're going to find a link on where you can buy my first two books a Grateful Life and Dearest Renee, both are available in paperback or ebook formats. You're going to find a link to the new uh, the merch store with new uh, product just uploaded this week. I have now over 400 items in the merch store: t-shirts and hoodies and face masks and phone cases, buttons, magnets, stickers, wine tumblers, coasters, ornaments. Uh, you name it. We got all kinds of stuff. Over 400 items now in the merch store. Uh, that that link can be found on the uh, website. And you're also going to find a link on where you can uh, subscribe to my Patreon subscription service. If you like this podcast, I do a non-political podcast every other Tuesday on Patreon. And uh, at the end of each one of those episodes, I tell a new personal story from my past. It might be my time on the road, might be my time with my wife, uh, might be my time as a landscape uh, business owner, could be anything. I just pick a new story to discuss and share uh, every other week on those episodes. That's my Patreon subscription service. And then of course, last but not least, you're going to find a link on where you can book me on Cameo. Uh, I do video uh, uh, messages, video shout-outs uh, for whatever your needs are on Cameo. You want to send mom a happy birthday video message? I can do that. You want to send mom a, hey, you're still a dumb bitch message for Mother's Day? I can do that. You want to tell somebody congratulations on the promotion? I can do that. You want to tell somebody, hey, your pizza fucking blows? I can do that. Once again, that's on Cameo, and all of that information can be found one more time at oldhippiemedia.com. Old, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com. That's enough advertisement for one podcast. I don't like to turn these into a big advertisement for myself, so uh, that's where I'm going to leave that. You do with that what you will. Now... Before we get into uh, the stories of this week, many of them political as we tend to cover here, a couple of them not, one of them non-political. Before we get into that, uh, I am heading back down to see my daughter this weekend. My wife and I are heading back down to see uh, our kid, our son-in-law, and our two grandchildren. <clears throat> now, if you've been following me for any period of time, you know that my wife and I took 23andMe tests to kind of just see how much of this we are and how much of that we are. And in the process, we discovered that I had a biological daughter that I was unaware of. That's 32 years old, married and has two kids. 
I had um, had a brief encounter with her mother at a party when we were 16. I left town shortly thereafter that. Uh, her mother had gotten with somebody else, thought he was the father. Uh, he was never really in her life. She kind of went her whole life really not knowing who her father was. She took 23andMe tests uh, with her husband's side of the family, kind of as a fun thing as well, and we discovered that I am actually her father. Now, that's about what most people who have been following me know. Now, I have been talking to her recently because she's been popping into my, my TikTok lives and my TikTok comment sections and speaking uh, as herself. And so I messaged her and I said, are, are we now open with who you are? Are we now telling people who you are? Because I, I, I don't want anybody to, to catch the kind of hate that I get on social media. And she said, yeah, you know, we've discussed it and we're cool. You know, it's going to come out eventually. Uh, we don't give a shit who knows. Um, they're, they're adults, they can handle it. So I have been given so to speak, not that I was being forbidden from doing so in the past, but I've been given the green light to go ahead and speak openly about everybody. So uh, I have not made a video uh, about uh, who they are yet, uh, but I am going to talk about it here briefly. Uh, my daughter is 32 years old. Her name is Ashley. She's a nurse, and she lives in southern Indiana. I'm sure most people were able to piece that part together, the southern Indiana part, given the fact that uh, her mother and I met when I was 16, and that's where I was living at 16. Uh, her husband's name is Ryan. My grandchildren are Salem and Nora. And um, I, I, don't, I, I can't even begin to tell you... Um, how excited we are as a family to have these quote-unquote new members of the family. Um, my wife, a lot of people, shockingly, were like, I don't know that I could be as open as you are to my wife. And my wife's like, why the fuck would I give a shit? I mean, he had a kid with somebody else nine years before we met, you know? Uh, so that, that part of the, the thing, the people that go to my wife and go, I just, I just don't know. I don't understand how you do it because well, she's not a fucking asshole. That's how, <laughs> that's how she does it. Uh, but you know, we have another kid. We have a son-in-law named Ryan. We have two grandchildren named Salem and Nora, uh, ages 12 and six. They live in a small town in Southern Indiana. Uh, that's from the best of my knowledge, just under 400 people. In total, um, they are left-leaning liberals um, that could have obviously gone a completely different way given their geography. They are a blue dot in a sea of red. Um, their religion, so to speak, is Norse pagan. I don't know how practicing they are. Still getting to know everybody, uh, but I'm loving every bit of this. I think that they're very excited about the, the all of this as well. I know the kids are, the little ones. And so we're going down to see them again this weekend. We're going to be down in southern Indiana and maybe uh, take some more pictures and maybe even some videos that we can then begin to share with everybody um, now that we can talk openly without worrying about uh, stepping on anybody's toes. Once again, they never said anything about us not saying anything. We were just being overly cautious because of the dumbasses that come out of the woodwork when it comes to me and social media. I get a lot of, I get a lot of death threats. <clears throat> I get a lot of uh, bodily harm threats. It, it's basically a bunch of people with internet muscles. But uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm actually talking about them in the open. And now I can refer to them by who they are. They are Ashley, Ryan, Salem, and Nora. They are my daughter, my son-in-law, and my grandchildren. Uh, so you'll probably hear those names uh, uh, more moving forward now that we're uh, using names and associating people with who they are. So, uh, And I know she listens to the podcast, so uh, again, welcome into the family, Ash. All right, uh, now that we've gotten that tidbit out of the way, 
which wasn't in my notes this morning. Let's go ahead and go with the uh, the news stories of the past week. The first one being a non-political news story, uh, one that I did a TikTok on yesterday, and that is the fact that uh, we, and when I say we, I mean people of my generation, are getting old. The Gen Xers are getting old. Debbie Gibson, teen heartthrob of the 80s, has become an AARP celebrity spokesperson and will be performing a virtual concert for their, uh, their members. And that right there is a surefire indication that time is moving on when it comes to the Gen X uh, folks. We are now doing uh, AARP endorsements. Our celebrities are doing Metamucil endorsements. Um, we're we're next up, folks. <laughs> we're getting old. We're we're getting old. You know the 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 late forties and early fifties crowd is looking around, going, "Well, wait a minute. Twenty years ago, let's see. Twenty years ago, well, that was like nineteen eighty one, wasn't it? No, no, no." Not, not in the least, but that was, that was 40 years ago. And, and then you hear that and you go, there's no way that was 40 years. That was really 40 years ago? And, you know, and, and you start doing some math and you're like, shit. The 90s were 30 years ago. And that seems just fucking impossible. Because when I think of the 90s, I think of 10, 15 years ago. And it's just fucking impossible. And then the reality hits you, and, 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 and you realize, well, fuck, I got a daughter who was born in the 2000s that's going to be 21 years old next month. So, yeah, your math is all kinds of fucked up, old man. Maybe you shouldn't be driving or mathing. I say I shouldn't have been driving because my wife likes to bust my chops about the fact that uh, I had the, uh, the cataract over my left eye and that maybe I shouldn't be driving because... I'd miss some things around the house, you know. I I would definitely miss a few things here and there. And she'd be like, how did this wind up here? I'm like, I don't know. I thought I put it in there. Or I'd I'd be typing in a container number into our spreadsheet, and she'd be like, what the fuck are you typing? The numbers that are on the screen. Motherfucker, you're seeing T's that ain't there? Well, what's right there? She goes, yeah, no, nothing's there. So she thought for a hot minute I shouldn't have even been driving, but we all know that that wasn't going to be an option in the here and now. There will come a point in time when I can't drive, but I was perfectly capable of driving. Uh, you just, you know, if you see three, you aim for the one in the middle, and everything's fine. But yeah, we are getting old, Gen X, for those of you Gen Xers that are listening. Debbie Gibson is now uh, uh, endorsing AARP, and I get it, you can become a member of AARP at any age, but it's for old people. And now one of our own is an endorser there. Before you know it, we're going to have LL Cool J endorsing walkers. Where do the time go? I know it's where does the time go, but I was speaking facetiously. I was kind of trying to put a little bit of a spin on it. Never mind. We're going to move on here. Time to get into some of the news. Shockingly, at the beginning of the news this week, we have a good news story coming out of a very red state, which does not happen very often in today's day and age. Uh, We're going to talk about Tennessee and House Bill 1834. 1834 had already been previously unanimously approved in the House, and it has now passed the Senate. And, um, well, of all the shitty things that Tennessee has ever done, this one here, I I think that they got it right, and I would encourage every state to follow suit with Tennessee. The measure would force anyone convicted of vehicular homicide due to intoxication or aggravated vehicular homicide 
pay restitution if the victim is the parent of a minor child. In other words, it would force drunk drivers to pay child support to the orphans they leave behind. According to the bill, the court would determine an amount that is, quote, reasonable and necessary, end quote, after considering several factors, including the financial needs and resources of the child, the financial resources and needs of the surviving parent or guardian of the child, and if the child is a custody of the state, the court would consider the resources provided by the Department of Children's Services and the standard of living to which the child is accustomed. What does that all translate to? Drunk drivers in Tennessee uh, don't hit anybody who's rich. If the drunk driver goes to jail and is unable to pay, they have one year to form a payment plan. The bill was known as Bentley's Law, and it was inspired by a Missouri grandmother whose son died in a crash along with his fiance and four-month-old child. The crash, caused by a drunk driver, orphaned two children, five-year-old Bentley and three-year-old Mason. Now, once again, Tennessee is not known for doing a lot of things very well or, or right in any way, shape, or form. This one, I think they nailed it. We have known for far too long now the effects of driving while under the influence. We have known for far too long how many people die each and every year because somebody just can't help themselves and think that they can actually drive after they've uh, had a few at the bar. So there's absolutely no love lost for anybody who still participates in this extraordinarily dangerous activity. I have, I have no, I'm not going to mourn one bit for you having to pay child support for a child that's not yours if you got behind the wheel of the car drunk. And I think that if you were to talk to most parents in the country, they would feel the same way. Most, most parents across the country are just doing what they need to do in order to provide the best life that they could possibly provide for their children. Along comes somebody so irresponsible that they would get behind the wheel of a car while intoxicated and they take away uh, the support and the, and the parental uh, uh, guidance of, of a child with, with their reckless behavior. They should be on the hook. That's the least of what they should be on the hook for. They didn't just take away that child's financial support. They didn't just take away uh, the fiduciary uh, background that that child has. They took away everything from that child. They took away every moment moving forward. There, there's, there's a child that isn't going to get taught how to shave by their father or isn't going to get taught how to tie a bow tie by their father. I'm looking at it through boys' perspectives, eyes, because I'm a boy. There's a daughter who's not going to have their father walk them down the aisle or, or, or isn't going to have a mother uh, be there to, to, to lend them advice on their wedding day or, or when they're going to get that first job or when they're going off to college. They took everything away from that child, not just the money. The money is the least you can recoup for them. The least. And I think Tennessee did uh, damn good with Bentley's Law, and I think other states uh, should take a, a long, hard look at it, and I would love to see it passed in all 50 states. Now, while that's a phenomenal story, and, that, and that is, that's something that you hear and you're like, listen, that's a good thing. Uh, compare that with the next story and you're like, holy shit. Holy shit. Well, we need to pass legislation to make sure orphans of drunk drivers uh, are taken care of. People like Elon Musk 
are buying things like Twitter. Now, if you hadn't heard, and if you've been living under a rock, Elon bought Twitter, or, or, or his bid to buy Twitter was accepted at $44 billion. And he's planning on, if the, if the deal goes through, taking his company, Twitter, private to protect free speech. So let's just talk about this for a moment. First things first, I, I am not somebody that subscribes to the theory that billionaires should not exist. <clears throat> I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think that billionaires should have every right to exist so long as the people uh, around them are taken care of. Their employees are taken care of. Uh, they're, they're not um, uh, making billions of dollars while their employees are living off of government subsidies and just barely surviving. Then, yeah, go out and make as much money as humanly possible. That is your right not only as an American, but as a human being. What you do with that money, once you get that money, is what speaks to your character. How you handle your money, how you, how you decide to, to use your money in the service of yourself or your fellow man is how your character is determined. And if you have... $265 billion and you decide to not do anything uh, good for humanity with that but rather buy a social media app because you want to well that speaks to your character you, you are of low moral character at least in that arena of humanity but I don't give a shit what he does with his money I don't give a shit that he exists. I give a shit if he uses his money for, for evil, for bad, uh, to, to harm others. But if he wants to drop $44 billion on a pet project because he wants to all of a sudden own a social media app, knock yourself out, buddy. Knock yourself out. It seems like you could have done a lot better things with $44 billion, but at the end of the day, he, he's going to drop $44 billion and still have north of $200 billion left now is the deal going to actually go through who the fuck knows uh because either side can back out of this but they have to pay the other side a billion dollars to do so now elon could easily pay the billion dollars and back out twitter is not about to back out of this deal and pay a billion dollars but the problem that elon has has been outlined in, in several pieces of content on various social media platforms, and that is is that the, the, the collateral that he was using to buy uh, Twitter was the value of his other companies, namely Tesla. Tesla's value has plummeted since he's announced this, this whole deal. So it remains to be seen whether or not he's actually going to go through with it, but let's just assume for one minute he is going to go through with it. I've often said that everybody should have a voice on social media, even the bad people. Free speech is free speech. Now, private companies can limit that free speech all they want. So I don't have, uh, I don't think it's illegal or, uh, or um, unconstitutional for private companies like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anybody else to limit or even cancel the accounts of certain people based on what they post on those platforms. Having said that, I would like for them to, to give everybody their platform back and just tag the fuck, flag the hell out of every piece of misinformation known to men. Let people know that this person's lying through their fucking teeth, but don't shut them up. I think Trump should have his account back. Now, if Elon buys Twitter, if that goes through, it remains to be seen whether or not Trump will actually get his account back and whether or not uh, all of the propaganda that people are anticipating uh, to, to flood into Twitter will actually materialize. Because once again, remember, the platforms have to determine whether or not they, they actually want to carry Twitter. You know, iOS for iPhone is going to make a determination. Is Twitter 
something we want to offer our customers? Or has it become nothing more than a right-wing cesspool of propaganda, lies, and conspiracy theories? And it could very well turn into the platform saying, fine, you can do whatever you want on your app, but we don't have to carry your app. So Elon's got a a bit of of a fine line to walk here. And to be honest with you, this $44 billion bid, this dick measuring contest on behalf of Elon Musk, is probably going to backfire on him in some way, shape, or form. Because if he doesn't go through with it, he looks like an idiot who costs his own money, uh, his own uh, company uh, value in their stocks. If he does go through with it, he's in a no-win situation. Because if he gives Trump his platform back, then he's promoting uh, the, the conspiracy theories and lies that Donald Trump promotes. If he doesn't give Trump his platform back, well, then all of that I'm doing this to guarantee free speech is protected bullshit is right out the window. So much like Trump running for the presidency in 2016, Elon bidding to buy tw- uh, Tesla, or I'm sorry, Twitter, is, is probably one of the worst decisions he's ever made. But now he's into it up to his eyeballs, so uh, we, we wait and see what happens. I'm not going to get rid of my Twitter account. I'm going to stick around and see. Hell, I'm trying to get on Truth Social. And at the end of the day, isn't it going to make Trump look like the asshole that he is if he does go back and get a Twitter account? Oh, when you stop and think about it, you've tried twice to get your own social media app, your own social media platform up and going. Both times have been a failure, so what did you have to do? You had to come back to the platform that a real billionaire wind up, uh, wound up buying, Twitter. It'll just, if, if Trump comes back to Twitter with his tail between his legs and gets his account back, it's going to make him look like the loser that he is. Best thing Trump could do is to stay the fuck away from Twitter at this point in time and keep trying to get his truth social network up and running. Or how how did he say it in his rally? Troth central? Truth central. What a fucking Momo. What an absolute fucking Momo. But anyway, the, the saga of Twitter is going to unfold over the course of 2022 and into 2023, and we're going to see exactly where all of these cards fall. I personally can't wait. I can't wait to see how much propaganda is going to be allowed before it starts getting flagged or taken down. And when it does start getting flagged and taken down, how many right-wingers that are currently sucking Elon Musk's dick are going to suddenly turn on him? Tis going to be interesting. Watch this space. Now, I want to briefly go across the globe... And I want to touch on Ukraine real quick because it looks like Putin may actually be fighting the effects of Parkinson's disease. We've had many clips of Putin in meetings and interviews recently showing an image of a man who appears to be fighting off these effects. And that, if true, should come as a a cause for alarm. Parkinson's symptoms usually begin gradually and get worse over time. If you watch any of the uh, the recent clips of, of, of Putin uh, in interviews and talking with generals and what, he is grasping the desk he's sitting at for dear life. Which leads many in the medical community that sees these TikToks to say that uh, these are the signs of somebody who's, who's struggling with Parkinson's disease and that it may be a tad bit advanced at this point in time. <clears throat> As the disease progresses, from what I've read, uh, people have uh, sometimes difficulty walking and talking. They may also have mental and behavioral changes such as sleep problems, depression, memory difficulties, and fatigue. So what we may have on our hands is Putin rapidly deteriorating because of Parkinson's disease and having mental and behavioral issues and bouts of depression. All while trying to 
uh, invade and conquer a neighboring country as he begins to see his time slip through his fingers and he has not done what he's wanted to do yet, which is rebuild the old Soviet Union. It is time for somebody in Putin's inner circle to step up to the plate. It's time for somebody in Putin's inner circle to not only step up to the plate, but end this. This shit has gone on long enough. People around him have got to see what the rest of the world is is seeing. And one can only hope at this point in time that while they have not stepped up yet, at least they have spoken to one another and, and they realize that if he were to order something that was so catastrophic, they, they, could, they know they can't go through with it. We have to at least hope that that's what's currently going on in Russia. Because it is clear that uh, Poots McScoots is dealing with something big. And it seems like damn near everybody in the medical community is uh, in agreement that they believe that this is uh, advanced Parkinson's. Dear Russia, if you're listening, if I could quote a former president, handle this shit. However the fuck you need to handle it. Somebody's got to walk into the room and tell him, hey, listen, it's over? Do so. He's an old man with Parkinson's. What is he going to do to you? And if somebody says, you know what, that's just not the way things work in Russia? Fine, do it another way. Come up behind him when he's getting ready to sign a document and put two in him. I don't give a shit how you do it. Do it. It's time for Pooch to go. You guys in his inner circle know it's time for him to go. Stop this shit. Innocent people are being slaughtered every day. Stop this shit. Now, from Putin, we got to turn our turn our eyes on the president that he owned, and that would mean it's time for us to put on our hip waders and make our way into the swamp that is Trumplandia. First up in Trump news this week, we've got Donnie himself being held in contempt in New York. Uh, A New York judge held former President Donald Trump in contempt of court for failing to comply with a subpoena for business documents related to an investigation by the state attorney general's office. Trump will have to pay $10,000 a day for as long as he fails to comply with the subpoena. As with all things Trump, he's refusing to comply with any orders from any judge in any state on any level. This just so happens to be the biggest burr in his ass right now. The contempt finding in a Manhattan courtroom came after a more than two-hour hearing in which lawyers for New York Attorney General Letitia James blasted Trump for dragging his feet and turning over the demanded documents. James is investigating the Trump organization over allegations that it improperly manipulated the stated values of various real estate assets to obtain more favorable financial terms for loans and insurance coverage and to lower their tax liability. The interesting part about all this that's really got Trump sweating is that Trump's former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, says that not only do these documents exist, but he's already turned over his copies uh, to another New York DA in the case he's helping them with. You see, because Trump is saying that some of these documents don't even exist. Well, you want me to turn over things that don't even exist. Come on. Cohen's going, no, they do exist. I have copies of everything. If you guys need them, I turn them over to the other uh, DA's office. So somebody in New York already has these documents. The fact that Trump is dragging his feet is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and, the, and the fact that he's playing this rope-a-dope game with every single uh, uh, court case that's uh, currently levied against him um, is mind-blowing to me. It is time for him to see the handwriting on the wall and cut a deal before it's too late for him to cut a deal. 
But as of right now, he's got to cough over ten grand a day. Uh, good luck getting that money out of New York. They're going to start just seizing assets at this point in time. Before the case even gets heard. You watch. And then, of course, from there, we, we have the, the Kevin McCarthy tapes when it comes to Trump land news. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into the Kevin McCarthy tapes, but needless to say, Kevin McCarthy, uh, House Minority Leader for the Republicans, is an absolutely spineless piece of dog shit. This guy's on tape talking with other Republicans all tough about how he's going to call Trump and he's going to tell Trump to resign and he's had it with this fucking asshole and he's getting... And then what does he do? He goes down to Mar-a-Lago post-Jan 6, post uh, all of it and, 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 and fo- uh, has a photo op, poses with Trump... Uh, in the ballroom there uh, so that he could kiss the fucking ring. Why? Because Republicans are still scared shitless that Trump's voting base is going to turn on them. That the crazies of the United States of America, the far right-wing loons, are going to say, well, you turned on the dear leader, so we're going to turn on you. And so they're all willing to line up and kiss that orange ass. They're all willing to line up and say, thank you, sir, may I please have another. In race after race after race across this country, we are seeing Trump-backed candidates, primary incumbent Republicans. Because Trump isn't going to be happy until he has power from outside the party. He's not going to hold an elected office again, but his 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 attempted hold on the party is clearly visible. And the Mike McCarthy's of the world are worried that that voting base is going to turn on them. You built this monster. Now you got to deal with it. All of you members of the GOP, all of you Republicans lined up to sell your soul to Trumpism. And now you don't know what to do because you know he's out of control. You're done with him. You want to be done with him forever, but you don't want to be done with his voting base. But you guys are the ones that empowered his voting base. You guys are the ones that made his voting base feel like they were the norm in this country. Like they were the true Americans. They were the patriots. The ones to be, to be cherished and, 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 and held up to a certain standard. <coughs> And now you realize that they're nothing more than a bunch of inbred, window-licking cousin fuckers who spend their weekend cornhole in the local livestock. You built it. You deal with it. All of them sold their soul. Every last one of them. Kellyanne Conway, prime example. Let's move on to some general GOP dumb fuckery. We have Kellyanne Conway this week admitting to knowing a candidate had groped women before and staying silent about it for political expedience. She admitted that she knew of allegations against Charles Charles Herbster, Republican of Nebraska, 10 months ago, but stayed silent and worked for him anyway. During an appearance on Steve Bannon's War Room, Pandemic. I don't know why that's the name of a show. I, it's so fucking idiotic. Anyway, Conway suggested that a Republican Nebraska state senator and seven other women had been lying when they accused Herbster of groping them. Herbster is running to replace Governor Pete Ricketts and has been endorsed by Trump. Conway accused the outgoing governor of orchestrating a political attack on Herbster. Quote, we've got women coming women coming forward. We only know one's name, Conway said. Her name is Julie Slama. She is state senator who, curiously, Governor Ricketts mentioned to me 10 months ago. Ricketts got in my face at the RNC, Conway, Conway said. 
uh, and then said she had protected Ricketts by not revealing Slama's accusations against Herbster, who was suing for defamation. I'm done trying to be Nebraskanites, she explained. Sorry, that's my best Kellyanne Conway voice. I don't do impressions very well, which is why I do this shit. It was a very uncomfortable moment, and I went up just to say, Governor, it seems like we're going to be on different sides of the race for your successor. And he got in my face, we're going to destroy Charles Herbster and everyone around him. And I said, whoa, I thought maybe it was an ideological, or maybe it was ideological. It sounded personal. He mentioned Julie Slama that had appointed uh, uh, to the legislation as a state, that he had appointed to the legislation as a state senator, Conway added, and she's claiming her allegation is she sexually was sexually assaulted by Charles Herbster in fuel, full view of one of the big Republican dinners. But wait a minute, Kellyanne. You go back up here, and it says here, who curiously Governor Ritz, Ricketts mentioned to me 10 months ago. So you knew about a sexual assault allegation against a potential candidate and you stayed silent? As a human being, that makes you a piece of shit. As a woman, that makes you a rotted piece of shit sitting in a bucket on the side of an Alabama highway in in the August summer sun. How can you, as a woman, stay silent about potential sexual assault allegations against uh, a a candidate for uh, elected office because your guy endorsed them? How can you justify that? Once again, take the woman part out of it. How can you justify it as a human being? You hear of something like that and you don't say anything to anybody? Not even uh, in privacy, not even uh, anonymously, nothing. You just mm, zip my mouth and move on. Then again, I guess we shouldn't be surprised considering that you actually sold your soul to work for Captain Grabham by the Pussy himself. Kellyanne Conway is the height of political hypocrisy in this country. This woman actively campaigned against Trump and then threw herself 100% onto the Trump train to make sure she had her seat. An absolutely despicable excuse for a human being. But given her a run for her money in the GOP hypocrisy department, Madison Cawthorn, this man is screaming for help, boys and girls. The Republican congressman from North Carolina is known for his staunch opposition to transgender rights. Yet he was photographed in women's lingerie. Now he's being called a hypocrite because of those photos. On April 5th, Cawthorn made an anti-trans speech on the floor of the House, uh, according to an article by Fox 8 uh, out of North Carolina. The politically, uh, the politician, I'm sorry, sometimes I have problems reading my own notes, reportedly said, quote, science isn't Burger King. You guys remember this speech, right? Gave an 80-second speech about his definition definition of what a woman is. The whole no tallywhacker speech on the floor of the Congress. 
Then he's then he, then this photograph surfaces of him in lingerie, and he's out there going, "Well, my gender didn't change when I put that lingerie on. It's nobody's business what I wear." Yes, exactly. It's nobody's business what you wear. It's nobody's business who you sleep with. It's nobody's business how you love. It's nobody's business how you identify. Thanks for helping us make the point, asshole. And believe it or not, that's not the only thing Madison Cawthorn was in the news for this week. He was cited for having a loaded gun at a North Carolina airport on Tuesday. The second time he was busted for carrying a firearm in an airport within the last year. That doesn't include the three times he's been pulled over for uh, driving without a, 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 a driver's license. And now you have a Republican elected official out of North Carolina, Tom Tillis, coming forward saying that he's got evidence of, of uh, insider trading when it comes to Madison Cawthorn. He's gotten so bad, Madison Cawthorn, that other Republicans are now bringing up dirt on him. This young man is, is screaming for help. He should probably leave Congress and spend some time figuring out who he is. And if somebody happens to put this podcast in front of Madison Cawthorn for some odd reason, uh, let me give you this advice, Madison. Just be who you are. If who you are is uh, a weed smoking, I say that because a video of him smoking weed also surfaced this week, a weed smoking uh, cross-dresser, then be a weed smoking cross-dresser. I bet money that if you just lived your life as, a, as the person who you really are, you probably wouldn't be so salty and angry all the time. We probably wouldn't have videos of you in the in the in the woods beating the shit out of a tree. Start accepting who you are and living life uh, as you are and you might actually start enjoying life a little bit. But your political career is probably over. Uh, between you coming out with the uh, the news that uh, older Republicans are inviting you to coke-filled orgies and uh, Tom Tillis now coming out with insider trading accusations against you uh, and the fact that the Democrats hate your fucking guts, now that you've got the Republicans turning on you, uh, you're, you're done. And you might want to just start thinking about another career post-Congress. I would also offer that same advice to a certain southeastern governor. Yeah, that's right, Ron DeSantis. His war with Disney continues to dominate the headlines, and I believe it's hurting his chances moving forward politically. Didn't really think the whole Disney thing uh, through, did you, Ronnie? You didn't think through the fact that it would eliminate over $120 million worth of taxes to the local taxing bodies that uh, uh, Disney would no longer have to pay. It would cause all of the property o- owners in those, uh, those districts to see a 20 to 25% increase in their property taxes as a result of this deal. And it would mean that you would have to use Florida taxpayer money to wipe out a billion dollars in bonds that Disney is currently sitting on. Hell of a fiscally conservative move, Ron. So because Disney spoke up in disapproval of a law that you passed, you threw a hissy fit that's going to cost the taxpayers of Florida a billion dollars, the taxpayers of the two counties that Florida resides in, 25% more on their property taxes, and eliminate 
hundreds of millions of dollars in financial obligations for Disney itself. You, Ron DeSantis, are a fucking dumbass. An absolute dumbass. If that wasn't a Trumpian move, I've never seen a Trumpian move. You just fucked your own constituents or attempted to fuck your own constituents so that you can appear to have stuck it to the corporation Disney. How how do you not look at what everything is going to, what all the ramifications are going to be to win move? How do you not read the documents and go, well, if we do this, Disney's going to be off the hook for a fuck ton of money, and that's all going to get put back onto the citizens. How do you not see that? Were you just so blinded by your hatred of a company speaking up against you and your dumb fuckery that you just raced headfirst into signing a bill that's going to in- in- increase the taxes? You, do you realize? Think about this for one minute, Ron DeSantis. You have just signed a bill that will increase the property taxes of certain Floridians more than any governor in any state anywhere in this country has ever raised his his or her constituents' property taxes, ever. No governor has ever raised their constituents' property taxes 25%. How the fuck does Ron DeSantis survive this politically speaking? And oh, by the way, one of those two counties that are going to see a 20 to 25% increase in their property taxes is the Villages. And if you don't know what the Villages is, it's the largest retirement community in the country. It's its own fucking town, but it's a retirement community. You think those old fucks are going to see a 20 to 25% increase in their property taxes and be okay with it? You dumb as fuck, Ron DeSantis. Baby, your brain broke. But Ron DeSantis doesn't give a shit. Because Ron DeSantis is on a fucking, he's on a beeline for an attempted run at the presidency. So he's hitting all of the Republican talking points. Don't say gay. We got that from Ron DeSantis. We got laws coming from Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida that you can't talk about certain things in history as to not make white kids feel uncomfortable. You got this bullshit war with Disney that's going to cost certain taxpayers of Florida a shit ton more every year and is going to put another billion dollars worth of bonds onto the backs of the Florida taxpayers. And then you have the redistricting of the maps. Because you see, down in Florida, for whatever fucked up reason, the the redrawing of the maps, the redistricting of the maps every 10 years, that's done by the governor. And, and maybe some of this shit might be done by design to get people to look the other way because what he's done with the redistricting maps is fucking insane. On Friday, he approved a congressional map that could give Republicans four more House seats and would dismantle two predominantly black districts around Jacksonville and Orlando. Florida's legislature passed the map on Thursday. The map creates 20 Republican-leaning states uh, 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 seats and uh, eight Democratic-leaning seats, uh, while its current configuration is 16 Republican, 11 Democrats. What he's done is he's taken the predominantly black districts around Jacksonville and Orlando and incorporated them, uh, broken them out, and incorporated small portions of them into other Republican districts. So he's taken uh, what would be a predominantly black blue voting area, broken it into several pieces and put a piece into this Republican district and a piece into this Republican district and a piece into this Republican district so that the district remains Republican and the black 
blue voting voices within that district now get drowned out by more conservatives. So within a year, in the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis has uh, made it illegal to make white kids feel bad about slavery, made it criminal to discuss with children uh, the fact that gay people exist, went to war with one of the largest employers in his state and cost the taxpayers of Florida uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in the process, and has gone after the black vote systematically to try and suppress it and make it a non-factor in future elections. He is hitting all of the Republican talking points. All of them. He's one public book burning away from being anointed the next Republican candidate for president. Just hitting all those bullet points. The absolute worst kind of human being. Well, right behind some other members of his party, I I guess. The predominant of which being the last news story I want to talk about this week, and that being the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, testified, became the first Republican sitting member of Congress to testify about the events of January 6th and what led up to the events on January 6th. And apparently, Midge can't remember a fucking thing. Anything. For instance, asked if she spoke to anyone about January 6th demonstrations prior to being sworn into Congress or after, if she spoke to anyone in the government about the planned protest, if she spoke to Arizona representatives Andy Biggs or Paul Gosar about the protest, if she spoke to anyone at the White House about the protests, or if she had been told by anyone that there might be violence in Washington on January 6th, Green responded, I don't remember to every single question in those categories. So let me get this straight. You are trying to tell us that you believe now the events of January 6th were a horrible stain on America, a tragedy unlike anything we've ever seen before. Domestic terrorists climbing the walls. Active shooter potentially in the building as you tweeted out or or, or texted to somebody as it was happening. but you can't remember a single conversation you've had about it? You can't remember a single conversation you've had about one of the biggest political events in American history that you were right smack dab in the middle of. Bullshit. You're a lying bitch. Furthermore, you're a lying bitch that perjured herself. You were asked on the stand, under oath, if it was your wish, your desire, that Congress not certify the election of Joe Biden as president. And you said that wasn't your wish. Your vote against that certification is proof that you committed perjury on the stand and you should be brought up on charges of perjury. And for somebody who likes to talk about Joe Biden having dementia or Joe Biden not knowing his own name or Joe Biden not knowing what state he's in or Joe Biden not being mentally fit to serve, you sure can't remember a fucking thing you did in the last few years. You can't remember a single person you spoke to. You can't remember a single meeting you had. You can't remember a a single word you said at a live event outside of Washington or inside of Washington, D.C. on the dated question. You can't remember a text you sent. You can't remember a tweet you sent. And all of this surrounding the words that you said 
wrote, tweeted, whatever, about an event that's been at the forefront of the news cycle for two years. Sorry, a year. The planning goes back that far, a couple of years. Goes back as far as uh, uh, late in 2020, I should say. This has been one of the premier news events uh, of the Trump era. And an event in Washington, D.C., unlike anything we've seen since the American Revolution. Your own words have been splattered across uh, headline and magazine cover and, and news crawl for months. And you knew these questions were coming and you still don't know about them? Bullshit. You're a lying bitch. And what's funny is that even when the prosecutor is reading your own tweets, not his words, nobody else's words, literally just quoting your own tweets, what's your reply in a court of law? I don't agree with your wording. Bitch, then you don't agree with yourself. And do you think that act of ignorance actually sold anybody in this country? You couldn't remember a single thing to any questions that the prosecutors asked you. But the moment the defense lawyer started asking you a question, you could remember everything. Crystal clear memory. Marjorie Taylor Greene. You are a traitor to your nation. You might get away with this case and be allowed back on the ballot in 2022, but at the end of the day, you are an American traitor. You are right up there with Benedict Arnold. You are the worst kind of American, as you are the kind of American that attempted to end America. And the people of your state and the people of your district are coming for your seat. You can't remember a fucking thing you said uh, or did surrounding January 6th? Fine. The people of your district are going to give you plenty of time to think about it. We are done playing footsie under the table with domestic terrorist pieces of shit like you. We're coming for your fucking seat. We're coming for your fucking seat. We're coming for Madison Cawthorn's fucking seat. We're coming for Matt Gates's fucking seat. We're coming for all of your fucking seats. Sooner or later, we will get your seats. Is it going to be in 2022? Is it going to be in the next round? Who the fuck knows? But we're coming for your fucking seats. You stood with those who would end everything that we hold dear in this country. You stood with those who would eradicate democracy in the favor of uh, fascist dictatorships. You stood with those who tried to end the American experiment in favor of totalitarianism. Go fuck yourself and everything you stand for, you lying bitch. You think 81 million people was a lot? You haven't seen shit yet. We're coming for all your seats. It goes for your little friend out in Colorado too, Lauren Bober. We're coming for all of your seats.
you want to get up uh, in front of the world, swear yourself in, and sit there and lie through your fucking teeth that you don't remember anything, we're going to help you remember. In political ad after political ad after political ad after political ad, your words are going to be plastered for all to see for all time. You will be remembered as one of the biggest traitors to this nation. You want to stand out in front of the Capitol building and and say Nancy Pelosi should be put to death because she's a traitor to this country because you don't agree with her politics? Bitch, karma is knocking on the door. Always remember, you reap what you sow. And if you plant ice, you're going to harvest wind. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for you this week. <clears throat> I need to get ready to uh, head down to southern Indiana to see my daughter, my son-in-law, and my grandchildren. Uh, as always, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Make sure you tell everybody you know about this podcast. Make sure you head over to my Patreon and subscribe there. And go check out the merch store for the newest uh, stuff fresh out, including my Father's Day merch, which is out a little bit early. All of that, once again, can be found at oldhippymedia.com. And until next week, as always, stay grateful.